Hello and welcome back to The Job Pod. My name is Morag Morrison and I'm an employment facilitator with Youth Employment Services. And today I'm here again with Sam Alea, who works with the Futures Forward Partnership. And we are going to be talking about transitioning into post-secondary. So you might have heard our other episode that we put out recently about university and college, the differences between them, and what you should be thinking about when trying to decide what kind of post-secondary you're interested in doing. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about transitioning into post-secondary. So what do you need to think about in order to have a successful transition? What kind of resources are available? And again, we'll be talking a little bit more about Futures Forward and the tuition waiver program that is offered through them. So starting off, Sam, as the Education Outreach Coordinator for Futures Forward, you talk a lot about transitioning into post-secondary. So what are some of the things that people should be thinking about when they're looking to go into post-secondary, whether that's straight out of high school or if they've had a few years off? What should be on people's minds? When you are thinking about going into post-secondary, Say if you are still in high school, I would really, really encourage you to utilize those resources in high school because once you're done and once you graduated, you're not able to go back and talk to whatever help there is out there, uh, whatever help there is within high school. So while in high school, make sure you talk to your teachers, make sure you talk to your guidance counselors about some of the goals you have after you graduate high school. So your guidance counselors are going to have all of that information on what kind of schooling is out there, what can be suited for you, especially since you are in high school, they know what courses you're taking, they know what interests you have, so they'll have a better feel of what is out there after high school and what maybe you can or cannot or, or may not go into, right? So utilize those resources while you are in high school and talk to your guidance counselors for more information because they are the ones that have all of that knowledge, especially those different kind of student services that they have in your high school as well. There's just loads of information in your school. So while in high school, have that conversation with your guidance counselors and your, and your teachers because they will have a wealth of knowledge. After high school, you can always come to see us here at, at uh, Futures Forward and Youth Employment Services because, you know what, it is hard to get those supports about that specific thing, including uh, post-secondary schooling, right? Because maybe you are in that position where you don't know what kind of school you want to get into. You don't know what kind of schools are out there, right? Especially to something specific that you want to get into. So come see us here at Futures Forward and we can talk about those different kinds of resources that are out there. And we can even set up appointments to talk to maybe someone um, within that specific school you have thought of, right? So having that conversation with someone who has that knowledge will definitely get you in the right direction. Yeah, and definitely our tuition waiver coordinator, Laura Lynn, is very used to talking about what options are out there. It's her whole job, so she's a really awesome person to connect with, and she works for Futures Forward, but out of the Youth Employment Services offices. So she's around. You can find her on our Contact Us page. 
And then in terms of other things people should be thinking about, you can go back and listen to the other podcast episode we did on the difference between college and university, but it is so important to think about what are you interested in doing? Because I know for me, when I went to university, I went straight out of high school. I thought that I wanted to go into international development because I knew I wanted to do community-oriented work. And as it turns out, it was not the program for me. I did not enjoy it. And I really had to drag my feet through that whole first year. I had really good marks in high school, so I got the automatic entrance scholarship to the U of W, and I didn't want to waste that. So I made myself finish out the year, but I truly did not enjoy myself. And I ended up taking a couple years off. And when I finished that year and decided to take time off, I didn't even know if I was going to go back or not. And I think just the really important to think about is like, make sure you're thinking about backup options, even if you kind of think you know what it is that you want to do. Like I was so confident that international development was the major for me, but like literally within a month realized that it was actually not. Just think about what else you are interested in. So if you are going to university and you have that flexibility to pick what courses you want to take, Something I did that I was really happy that I did was I took a really wide variety. So I was trying to fill the degree requirements for if I was doing an international development degree, but I also took things that were not in the international development department. So I took intro stats. I took intro English, which, you know, ended up being one of my elective credits. I took women and gender studies. I took economics. And, you know, some of the classes that I didn't expect to enjoy, I actually ended up loving. Like, I loved my economics course. And I was only taking it because I thought I was filling a requirement for my degree. And it was something that I ended up, you know, being really, really helpful throughout the rest of my degree. Mm-hmm. So when I came back two years later, after taking a break from school, I went back into a different program that I ended up graduating from. And it was urban and inner city studies, which had not even been on my radar at all the first time that I went to university. So I think a big thing to keep in mind is just being open to changes in your plans, <laughs> because it the, nothing sucks more than spending five years slogging through a degree that you didn't want to do just because <laughs> you thought you wanted to do it when you first went to university. Most people I know change their majors, and I think that's just something it's okay it sometimes kind of sucks because it means you ended up taking courses you didn't need to take. But, you know, you probably still gain something from them. So it's, it's fine. But I, I feel terrible for people who feel the need to continue on in a program that's not the right fit for them just because they started it. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about the flexibility specifically in university is you can change your major, especially if you decide to change it in like year one or two. I think that's that's really important. Definitely. And like, it's just, it's it's hard to think about what you want to do for the rest of your life after you completed high school. It's a big decision. So it's a lot of, like, a lot of people go through those different kinds of, um, like, those different kinds of situations. And it's okay to take a couple years off after high school just to explore what options are out there, right? To gain that experience, because maybe... Maybe you haven't worked a day in your life and now's the time to see what's out there and maybe it'll get you thinking like, hey, I really like doing this customer service thing. How can I go into it uh, professionally and how can I gain some education on it so I can be 
like a really good manager or like progress from there or own my own store, that kind of thing, right? So taking a year off and seeing what else is out there is always a good decision. Also, when I was going into school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to work with uh, children, children and youth, because I, I like I like children. I, I feel like I'm a kid myself and I like and I feel like I relate to them a lot. So but I didn't know what kind of jobs that are out there besides teaching that are related to children and youth. So uh, in my stream I did different kinds of things including an educational assistant and a youth child and youth care practitioner to kind of see the fields and see what it works for me, what doesn't work for me, and then it overall led me to become Education Outreach Coordinator, which is what I am now, that helps with youth and find and, and supporting them through finding through their post-secondary journey, right? So thinking about focusing on what you like and exploring the different options that are out there that are affiliated with what you like, right? And seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. There are so many different ways that you can do this kind of thing, right? And I was even, I was working with a client yesterday and we were making up a resume for them to specifically work kind of in education. So they got an undergraduate degree. It's not an education degree, so they're not certified to work as a teacher. But something that they did near the end of their degree was they kind of created their own informal internship. So they reached out to an old high school teacher of theirs and said, can I come volunteer in your classroom? I think I want to be a teacher. I think I'm interested in this, but I want to get a little more hands-on experience. And I thought that was such an excellent move because not only did they get some volunteer experience on their resume, they also then were able to try it out. So they kind of worked for free. They volunteered as an educational assistant. So they didn't go and do the educational assistant program that you did, but they kind of just did almost an internship version of it. And so it allowed them to decide, okay, yes, this is something I want to pursue. And now they're planning to apply to the education program at U of W to do like an after degree education degree. And that's something that they wouldn't have been as sure about if they hadn't gone out and gotten that hands-on experience I think it's important to think outside the box and think about how how can I try different things out try on different shoes to decide if this is something I want to pursue in a a post-secondary capacity because it is it can be expensive and it it takes Mm -hmm. time and then there's also that opportunity cost of if you're in school you're probably not working and making the same amount of money you would be if you were working so it is a big decision and you are making some sacrifices. So I think that thinking outside the box and finding ways to try out different careers is such an awesome way to decide what you want to go into in post-secondary so that you know the program you're going into is something that you actually are invested in. Mm-hmm, definitely. Like overall, there's no wrong, there's no right or wrong way to do things, right? You just have to do Find a way that it fits for your own style, right? Maybe if you really do want to go in right into uh, post-secondary schooling after high school because you for sure know what you want to do and you want to pursue it, great. If you want to take a year off to explore yourself and see what other options are out there, that's great too, right? So 
ultimately you do have lots of time to figure these things out. There's no time restriction of when you have to get a career and, and when you have to start because like you're like it is true that you know money is a factor and like you do want to get a career where you can start making money and stuff like that and, but it's ultimately you don't want to be pursuing something you know, you're not really into and then you end up finishing and and not going into the field that you studied right and then you just wasted all that time not saying you wasted that time but like you want to go back to school and explore other options as well, which is fine, right? But it's really good to know what, what kind of stream you want to get into before actually getting into the post-secondary field so that your outcome can be a lot better. And when people start actually going into post-secondary, so once you've kind of done that, that pre-research, you've decided there are a lot of ways that you can find supports to make sure that transitionary time is successful for you because it is quite different than high school to go into post-secondary. Like you're a lot more on your own. You have to be a lot more independent and motivated to get stuff done because your prof isn't going to come after you and say, Mm -hmm. why did you skip class today? (laughs) So Sam, what are kind of some of the supports that you can think of that people can access to help make that transition easier for them and more smooth. Once you are in that school that you chose and you're going through that program that you've done, make sure to to seek out those academic advisors because they will have good insight on the courses that you're taking and and they will talk to you one-on-one and you know, touch base on how you're doing and stuff like that. And they can really support you, connect with your instructors, those kind of things. So it'll give you a smoother transition into your studies, right? So academic advisors in schools are kind of like those guidance counselors in high schools, right? But just with academic advisors, they have to deal with thousands and thousands of students as opposed to just a couple hundred, right? So just make sure that when you are seeking out that help, you're able to talk about all the things that you want to go over with your academic advisor. Another really good thing is to seek out is those student services within the schools. All school, all post-secondary institutions will have some sort of a student services that you can access so that you can get that support, whether it be like peer-to-peer support, maybe another student's going through the same things that you are dealing with and you guys can, you know, bounce off each other and support each other in those kind of roles. There are also a lot of instructors within those student services that can help with all your different struggles as well. They also have those services if ever you are going through some mental mental health issues that you wanted to talk about because you know what? While you are in post-secondary schooling, um, you can go all through a lot of those different struggles, including anxiety, depression, while going to school, right? Stress. So it's really good to communicate these things with, with different professionals so that you can have that support while still going, uh, while still continuing your studies, right? Because so overall, we want you to be successful and to complete your studies so that you can go into the field that you enjoy. And, you know, mental health issues can be a huge barrier when trying to complete your studies. So make sure to seek out those sources in school. And you can always come to us at Futures Forward and Youth Employment Services if you had no one to talk to. 
because maybe it is a huge campus and it's so overwhelming and your anxiety is up the wall and you just can't get through it. Come talk to us here and we can support you that way as well. We can help you con contact those different supports at your school so that you're able to talk with them as well as us because we're always here to help you whenever you need. Yeah, and also something that comes to mind for me as someone who's more extroverted is kind of the more social aspect of it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of the COVID-specific situation at the end of this. But for now, something that like I found really awesome was when I went back to school the second time, I went into a program that had like a Facebook group for our program where people could post things like job postings or posts say, hey, you know, does anyone have this textbook? Or, hey, we're all going to have a potluck. And mm -hmm. so I think that a really fun thing to do is also, once you're in a specific program, is look into what kind of social opportunities there are there to get to know some of your classmates. Maybe there's study groups. That's something that I definitely had with many classmates like over the years, um, especially if there are classes that I found a little harder. It was so helpful for me to have people in the class that I knew I could go to. There was one class, this is back in first year university when, uh, like I said, the program wasn't for me. I had a really hard time being engaged in it. And I am so grateful that right before the final exam in one of my classes, a bunch of my classmates got together and put a Google Doc together of all of their notes, <laughs> which was so helpful for me. So I think that just tapping into kind of those more informal connections with your classmates is something that's super helpful, not only in terms of the academic side, but also just in, in having a pal in case, say, you're sick, you miss a, a lecture, having someone that you can say, hey, can I get your notes from that lecture? Or did I miss anything important? Or, you know, what what happened in that class is, is really, really helpful, too. So uh, I know for people who are more introverted, that can be a little harder. But I'd say that's something that you should prioritize working on because that's a huge way to get to the university is to have those social connections within it too. And if, again, you are more introverted and it's not super easy for you just to strike up a conversation with someone sitting behind you at a desk, maybe look into joining some student associations or some of the clubs or going to certain events that take place on campus because those are places that are for you to meet other people and to connect with them. That's that's the purpose of them, right? So even if it's like the photography club, the purpose is that people with this mutual interest are meeting on campus. And so definitely look into those and, and tap into them. And I'm sure a lot of those are going to be kind of more online or virtual this coming year because of COVID. But definitely still look at what the options are because those are so important. And that's a big part of, of the post-secondary uh, experience. It's funny because we're, we're quite opposite, you and me, Morag, about these kind of things because you are extroverted and you like to communicate with other people. I am very introverted. So while I was in university, I didn't talk to anyone. <laughs> so I relied a lot of my support on those student advisors, student services, career services, and I seeked out those kind of supports. I see the benefits of peer-to-peer, -peer, but I was just so shy, I could never talk to anyone. So when we were talking about online, in university, I did a lot of online courses. And I found that because it was online and I wasn't talking to someone in person or in a group or whatever, I was able to open up a little bit more. 
and I was able to talk within the forum and talk to other students about our studies or about whatever university um, issues that are going on, those kind of things, and we can share about that. But I feel like I was able to excel in those online classes and connect with these students online rather than in person. So I was able to communicate a lot better and it was great to find those supports from, from the online classes as well. And I think that's a perfect transition into talking a little bit more about COVID specific. So people who are either going, you know, back into a second or third year of their post-secondary this coming fall or who are going into post-secondary or like a trade program for the first time, online classes, you know, because of COVID. It's And there's going to be kind of different energy on campus. Not many people are going to be bustling around. But it's awesome to hear that you found online classes to be a really positive experience and allowed you to even kind of access other social connections that you wouldn't have necessarily in person. Definitely. What are some of the other things that you're thinking about as you are preparing to help your clients transition to post-secondary in the era of COVID? So since a lot of the classes are going to be online, it's good to have that knowledge and technology, right? So making sure that you have that internet access, making sure that you have a laptop or a computer that you're able to work with because it's going to be really, really helpful in your studies. I actually, I have a client or I have a participant who was talking to me about the different struggles that she was going through because all of her classes are online. She herself had to get a laptop and then she was telling me how she was late on her first day of class because she couldn't get the links and the and the internet was slow and she wasn't able to connect with her instructor and overall she was very flustered because the first day she wasn't able to navigate any of the the different links and the different forums and different threads those kind of things that she had to in order to get into her class so the first day, especially when you're going into online classes, it's going to be tough because you haven't done any of these experiences yet. You haven't tried these classes out yet. You don't know what buttons to press, those kind of things. So the first first day of online classes is definitely going to be hard. But from there, it only gets easier because you'll get used to what you have to press or the timing, those kind of things. As well, you'll get to communicate with your professor or your, your instructor, and they'll, and they'll be more, more clear. Because on that first day, you'll get that introduction. You'll also meet a lot of the different students that are also in your class, and then communicate with that way as well. So networking through your, your different classmates and making those connections on, on shared experience. Because I'm sure other people are going through the same thing that uh, you are by navigating all this technology, right? So being able to talk to your peers through email or whatever and then have that support in place. And I think kind of one, one last thing to think about too is the ways that we are already transitioning our, our norms. So just like making a study group but have it be virtual, you know, like there's a lot of ways that we can take the classic university or college experiences 
and kind of make a, a somewhat different but virtual version of it. So just mm-hmm. being creative with that. Mm-hmm. And something else that I kind of just want to touch on a little bit is it's okay to take a year off. If you know that online learning is not for you and you know that it's something that you would not be able to be engaged with or that you would really struggle with, if you're someone that really relies on that in-person learning experience and that hands-on learning experience, it's okay to decide, you know what, I think I'm actually not going to do it this year. I'm going to take a year off from my studies and I'm going to focus on working or volunteering or doing something else because don't don't make yourself do something that you know is not going to work for you if it is just so that you can say, okay, well, I'm going to power through because this is how it is. This isn't something that's going to work for everyone doing online classes and having that shifted. And if the alternative is that it takes you an extra year to do your degree compared to you power through, but you say your GPA really suffers or you didn't really pick anything up that you're keeping with you in your head in terms of knowledge or skills, it's probably better in the long run. And this is, you know, it's hard sometimes to weigh short term versus long term. It's probably better in the long run for you just to take a year off. And so I'd say a big thing people should be thinking about right now is, is this something that's going to work for me? And the nice thing about especially university and, and most colleges too is, if you drop out before a certain date, you can get almost all of your your money back for your mm-hmm. tuition. And so if you're not sure, try it out, but just be really aware of those withdrawal dates and say, okay, well, by this date, I'm going to make a decision on whether or not I want to continue with this for this year or if I want to take the year off. So I'd say it's always worth a try, but just be, be kind of aware for those logistics of when would I need to drop this in order to get my money back uh, and to kind of make a game plan for what my alternative is for this year. Something to add to that as well, with online classes, and you think that going into university, it's you're super, super independent and you have to focus on going to your classes and studying. When it's all switched to online, you're even more independent, right? So now you're doing your classes on a laptop rather than going into your lecture. Right. So you'll have to make sure that you have that focus and that drive to open up your laptop and watch that lecture online rather than pass it off and go back to sleep. Right. So it's really good to make sure you have that drive to do these online classes because there's just so much independence when doing online that you can easily trail off and not focus. It's very hard to stay focused when everything is online and you're so independent where it's harder to reach out to those different resources. So it's good to be, to be in check and what before going into online classes because it is harder to stay focused when you're just staring at a screen for all of the time you're at school. So yeah, make sure you're looking into those kind of things as well. Something that just comes to mind for me is to like have an accountability buddy. So if you can identify one or two people near the beginning of the the term that you want to say, okay, you know, the lecture is released on Thursday mornings and, you know, maybe none of us want to get up first thing in the morning. That's okay. But at 10 a.m. 
all three of us are going to watch it at the same time and maybe we'll have like a Facebook chat group going or something like that mm-hmm. and we can talk about the lecture and so that way you've got that accountability already in place so those are some of the things that you might need to take more initiative on to create yourself because they're not going to exist in the same way they did when university and post-secondary was operating as it normally does in person. So just just think ahead about some of those things that you might find helpful, but that you might need to put in place yourself to make sure that they happen. Making those connections is super important, especially now. And if you're interested in learning more about Futures Forward services, such as the tuition waiver program for youth who are formerly or are currently in CFS care, or just talking more about your post-secondary options, you can go to futuresforward.ca or you can go to yesmb.ca and from there you can go to our contact us page to find out how to get in touch to chat more. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Job Pod.